everybody, welcome to another episode of Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. This is our live comic book review show where we take comic books in the past week, we recap them, review them, and tell you what we thought about them. And occasionally we will also talk about comic book related movies that are coming out, like we are in today's episode. Yeah. And of course, we are sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live, you could be a sponsor and keep all the riffraff out by using Super Chats. You can ask a question or comment, don't read it here on the show, and you'll be part of the show forever. So, uh, we encourage you to do that. Like Should these that. fine, good people. Uh, we have a few people who uh, dropped in earlier. Cat Lawyer for, will t- defend for treats. My local comic book store had one free comic per person for free oh, comic book day. No. Three with a purchase. Is that normal? No one picked up anything not Marvel and DC. I'd love your insight. Uh, no, you have a crappy comic book store. Yeah, it's it's up to the purview of the retailer. Yeah, the retailer, but because they have to buy them, I think they do have to buy them. They do have to pay for those books. Um, um but. Uh, I've never heard of that before, and I've heard of a limit. I've heard of a limit. Yes, absolutely. It, like you can't, you can't clean them out. Like you can take like three to five. Yeah, between three, three and four, five, depending or, on how many they have. I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen that, but nothing quite like that. I'll be no, honest with you. Certainly nothing like there has to be a purchase in order to make it happen. That's horseshit. Your uh, retailer sucks. Um, but yeah, so we, we, it was free comic book day. Um, I'm very excited because that's going to be our topic for today. Of course, we Ooh. also talk about reviews, recommendations, and we have news. We chat about news at the top of the hour uh, before we get into our reviews. Today, I want to talk about Free Comic Book Day because we okay. just celebrated it this past weekend. It was on Saturday. Uh, I noticed that one of the comic book stores we didn't get a chance to go to uh, did a whole comic book day weekend kind of thing where on Friday they had a 50 cent bin sale and then on free comic book day itself it was a dollar bin sale and then on sunday it went back to 50 cent bins i don't know if they changed out the bins or not because we didn't go no but you know there's certainly uh, a lot of comic shops went all out i know that uh, dewey's comic city in uh, dover new jersey they had over 70 artists and creators at their uh school for uh gifted youngsters to put <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more flowerly kind of is but yeah right <laughs> uh so they had a huge amount of people there but the sales were lacking uh they had i think 30 percent off was their was their limit on, still, on books. listen it's still a sale if that's your comic book store that's great they had a sale and it was 30 percent off of the uh the back issues and uh yeah and and they didn't seem to have much of a limit on uh, free comic books either. Um, there was another comic book store, Zap Comics. They had a uh, aggressive sale, as they always do. Uh, that one's in Wayne, New Jersey, or Manalapan. But uh, and and by the way, both stores were participating in the exact same sale. Uh, but they had fifty percent off pretty much everything comic book related in the store: wall books, back issues, trade paperbacks, collections. Uh, those packages where it's like, oh, here's one through six for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Those as well, half off. Yeah. Pretty much everything in the store that wasn't manga or action figure or uh, statue and collectible related. Yeah. Um, they There's also definitely had, there were some toys. I was like, damn it. When am I going to get that? Uh, but also they had Dan DiDio there. So we had a chance to there bump into Dan DiDio and say <laughs> hi. And uh, he was he was fun. He was affable. He was very uh, it was humbled by the experience of working for this new company he's created with Frank Miller, Frank Miller Productions, where he's like, boy. A little different when it's just a handful of people trying to kind of start all over again. Yeah, make something happen versus exactly. like an established, long-running company with mm-hmm. a larger staff. Yeah, damn right. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then there were some other stores that did like stuff they've done before, 25% off things in the store. Up to 50 was one of those stores. Up to 50. Okay. And it was like, what was 50? Like, well, well, you know. 
I mean, listen, you can't. That that's something you see everywhere. Yeah, gotta give them a hard time about that. No, so, no, 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 no. But um, they, you already know what you're getting into when you enter into a place like that. Where exactly. It says up to something. Mm-hmm. You're like, so not really that, right? But, uh, but also look, Free Comic Book Day is almost 20 years old, if not already 20 years old. And I wanted to ask you because Me? you're a relative newcomer to Free Comic Book Day. I was there. I was in a comic shop on the first Free Comic Book oh, Day. Okay. Uh, boots on the ground. I didn't even know they were free comics. I, I honestly, I heard Free Comic Book Day, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, cool. That means that like every retailer is participating. That means that like you can pick one because it said up to three. Mm-hmm. I remember that was one of those stores. So I was like, okay, so I can pick three books off the shelf, and then those will be free. And I picked up that Spider-Man issue that got me back into Spider-Man and a couple other books. And he's like, no, those over there, those special comics made for the promotion. And I was like, oh, that's much less exciting. And uh, I've never been terribly excited for the free comic book day offerings ever again. And uh, I kind of use free comic book day as an opportunity to kind of like celebrate comics maybe get an idea about what's going on in the main continuities of books. I know you like to use it as an opportunity to kind of like delve into places, publishers and stories and ideas that you don't normally check out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall it is meant to get asses in comic book stores. That's the job. So after 20 years, would you say that it is successful? And if it is successful, is it successful in what they're trying to do, which is essentially get more people in comic book stores, sell more comic books. Is free comic book day working the way it is? And if not, what improvements or changes would you make to make free comic book day a little bit better? Um, I honestly think that it is only as successful as the store makes it. That's true. Um, That's fair. You know, you do it to have the offerings there. I feel like one year one side didn't do anything. Was it DC one year didn't participate? Yeah, well, uh, certainly it it, during um, during the pandemic, I think no one participated. Right. They moved it to August or something. Yeah, something like that. But, but, uh, but, you know, so as long as the offerings are there, yes, um, it really just comes down to how well the individual store manages to market it. Yeah. Now, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, like, that's that's how they run their businesses. It's yeah. up to how well they, they do that. But something like this, I feel like maybe we should come out with, like, a mini marketing plan, but I don't know who would do that. <laughs> oh, like like a little little description. Here's yeah, like, how your store here, could implement free comic book day. I don't know. But like it's I, so insulting as a business owner, but I will tell you this a lot of comic book stores could use the help. It would oh no, I understand that that might be very, very insulting, but it might like, you know, spark some other inspiration for them. Yes. Um and like for the stores that don't need it, they'd be like, ha, okay, cool, whatever. Okay, thanks. Uh, I, yeah. I'm good. But for the stores that maybe you're like, I don't know how to get people in here exactly like not that they'd be like the most you know groundbreaking ideas but at least you give them something where it's like hey you might want to try this right you want to try that i i don't know i i just feel that there are some stores that definitely run it better than others like we went went to another store that wasn't even didn't even acknowledge they didn't even have the free conference yeah like that was just they're not doing it yeah they just weren't doing it yeah i think that was because they would have to have participated with dc which like I want to say they're probably the only comic book store left that is like, nope, there's two comic book stores actually I know that don't participate with DC because of the lunar situation during the pandemic. Because of the the lunar cycles. Got it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because because Mercury was in retrograde. Right. Um, But. I feel like, you know, 
we we were in a store actually the day before free comic book day <laughs> yeah and uh, because because that's our lives because that's what we do apparently um we, we were going to get dinner and they were like oh hey let's go there too even though we're gonna go there, like not there but a different but one the next day the next day yeah um and a couple guys came in and they were like hey i heard about this like free comic book day like are you gonna doing that doing that is that can i come here for that and they're like yes right so people are hearing it from someplace so maybe the other thing too is to make sure that you're um like putting out information like into the world into the world and like into so this is like helpful to you but then also helpful to everyone else around you Mm -hmm. um but like so since i work for a you know like school marketing department i've learned all about these things that i would never know about like these like family kind of websites like these patch and like there's it's like this local thing right Mm -hmm. where it's like oh you go to like patch.com and it's like for each of your towns right okay and then you can like submit stories to them okay and they might pick it up so you could be like free comic book day is coming and parents look at those that's a good idea like parents go through those things and if you want to get new readers and you want to get like kids young readers like it's one of those things that could get that to happen absolutely um and i don't know if again that's not maybe like a nationwide thing i don't really know but that'd be something where they send out like hey find out if there's like a local you know, participating fam- like family website or something like yeah. that. You might be able to write up something or here's a write up you could send to them that says like, hey, this weekend is free comic book day, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, yeah. and it'll link to your store or whatever. But it's just one of those things that could help them because I do think there is a benefit to it. I think it's fun for families to go, especially if maybe one of the parents has read comics before mm-hmm. or they're familiar, um, you know, thanks to, you know, DC movies, Marvel movies. Yeah. You know, it gets them into this place and Maybe they use the kid as a gateway. Maybe they also grab something that Certainly, they're interested in. We've like, seen that before. Yeah. But the kids are a good place to start trying to get new readers in because they're more, you know, like even though there really isn't in the world that we all exist in, like a stigma around comics as like kid material. Right. Yeah. I think it's slowly shifting. I like to think that that, I hope the, so. that the meter is moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's easier for a, a kid to just embrace it. Yes. You know, so. I don't know. I I feel like it could very well be a really powerful tool, um, but that unfortunately a lot of it rests on the shoulders of the shop owners, which is is a lot to ask of them. I'm going to like fully admit that because it's like, Hey, I'm running my store. I'm doing all the stuff I normally do. And now I need to also market this event. Yes. And some of them can hit it out of the park if they've got a larger staff, yep. you know, if that's kind of what they do on the norm, mm-hmm. but it might be harder for the smaller shop. Absolutely. So I, I just feel like it, it's successful, but it based on, yeah, based on the, the success story. of whoever is participating in it. I think that, uh, I think there could be more being done to raise awareness. I think that, you're right that the uh, onus is on the owners in almost entirely like diamond and company are just kind of like, here are the free books. Yeah, now we, make a thing. We happen. did our end. Now we're done. And it's like, they're not free retailers have to order them anyway and pay for them. So yeah. it's like, what, so what did you do? I yeah. mean, like you, you strong armed the publishers into producing work that is dedicated for this event, which will not make any money. Now I know there it, are and like- that's cool because like, that's what, sometimes promotions are required to do right and there is some sort of marketing material because you'll see like posters that they have yes, the bags the bags themselves, themselves like, yeah so there definitely is marketing material mm-hmm. um but i don't know if there's like a cohesive plan from store to store fair and it would be it's interesting because it's like diamond really should have a vested interest in this because if this goes away it's just you know especially since their lunch is being eaten and they uh may not go be going may not be long for this world right but you know if this is something that you actually do profit off of I don't know. right i agree i agree 
Okay. Well, that's but fair. I think it's also a good opportunity um, if you don't have a limit uh, to pick up some, something like, new. Something new. Like, I'll often pick up some, like, obviously some indie titles, you know me, um, mm-hmm. just to, to sample what's coming in. And from those, I've often, like, put things on a pull list where I'm like, oh, I want that. So for them, that is entirely effective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's almost weirdly more effective for indie for me yeah. than it is for mainstream. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. So there you have it. Let's jump into some books really quick that that, uh, came out this past week that we think you should check out. But not a whole lot. Uh, Not a whole lot. I mean, a lot came out. A lot came out, but we're going to dedicate most of the show to Guardians. And we're going to do a spoiler-free review, and then we're going to get into spoilers. But before we do that, the show is about comics, so we're going to jump into some comics. We're going to do our reviews, and then we'll recommend comics that are coming out this week at the end of the show, I think. Oh, uh, at the end of the show? Yeah. Or at the end of the segment? You want to do the segment? I know. I'm asking you. I don't care. Okay. Uh, Baggins117 says, Hey, Sal, I enjoyed your video with Joel, and I was wondering who your favorite Spider-Man villain is. You know, when I was a kid, it was Venom, but more and more, I think it's Green Goblin. Craven the Hunter, got it. Easily. Ray Farr, Comic Pop Woo, thanks, Ray. I picked up Batman Dead Man because of your awesome review on that book. That's Tiffany over here. Thank you again for letting me know about a great book. Yeah, that was like, I you know, one that I think flew under the radar for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. So happy to shed some light. Yeah. Despite the fact that they made a uh, promotional poster for it, which we own that's up here in the yeah, studio. I was like, I looked over there because I was like, isn't it there? No, no, no. It used to be there though. Um, before we jump into more, I want to talk about this Dawn of DC uh, night terror special edition that came out from com- free comic book day. Mm-hmm. This is of course written uh, primarily by Joshua Williamson with art by Chris Bocciolo and company. Um, this was, uh, you know, obviously it's supposed to whet your appetite for the uh, Night Terrors event. It's, by the way, an event that is going to be essentially two issues and then a bunch of participating issues. Mm-hmm. So um, while I was uh, n- not critical, but I did, I-, I-, I was more passively critical of it on Twitter. I, they-, they released a checklist order for the Night Terrors event. Uh, and I said, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you were to look at it, it would seem overwhelming the way that they presented it. Yeah. Though I think the, the, the lesson really is the takeaway for it is there's two issues of the story. And if you want to find out how night terrors affected some of your favorite characters, there are night terror tie-ins that will focus entirely on the nightmares that are being experienced by a bunch of characters. And there's two issues per, I'm sorry, there are four issues of night terrors. Look at that. Is there? Yeah, look. Where do you see that? Night Terror, Night Night Terrors three, four. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, Night Terrors, Nights End. All right, so it's not. It's actually not a lot. Uh, it's like four or five. It's like a standard size event. Event. It's. But then there's like, and then you get to pick and choose what you like to exactly. read. None of those will probably be required reading. Yeah, it starts out with Night Terrors, First Blood, then one and two, three and four. Yeah. And I think that's it. And you can read Nights End as well. Like. Why is Night's End in the list ahead of Night Terrors 3 and 4? Who the hell knows? Okay. Um, so this is, but this is, look at this. Look, look, look at all these books for this one thing. It is, it's daunting. And if, again, you're right that like, if someone was to glance at that. They'd um, be like, nope. It is interesting. Like the concept though, knowing, having not read this, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't. You just have done time. Um, I really didn't. This was, this was a bad week for all these fun things to come out and happen. Yes. Um, But I, presumably you're looking at like a nightmare scenario for each of these characters. Yes. Right. And that's interesting because a lot of tie-ins force you to play in their sandbox, but right. it really lets you as the writer, presumably yeah, take the character and just tell a fun story that has this, like, here's the idea. Here's right. the, here's the framework. You kind of have to live in. 
but you basically do whatever you want because it's not like you really need to participate. Right. Presumably. Exactly. Again, this is all presumable. Yeah. I don't I don't know. No, uh, the 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 characters that are the 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 character right, designs, the, <laughs> the character designs for like the night terrors <laughs> are so sick. I, I am so like on board. Okay, I am and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing this for the first time. Night terrors, Batman, <laughs> who is little Bruce, and then a bat with a gun that's built into its face yeah I, I think the idea is it's supposed to be like it's a nightmare you know it's like right. it, it, it is beyond oh, reason it is built into it i thought it, okay that's so funny i thought it was it was bruce and then his mouth opened and then the bat came out and then and then uh, out of his face out of his mouth out. a gun I came like, out i mean that's more or less what you're looking at comes in threes yeah. um <laughs> but uh that was that listen if i saw that in my nightmares i would be terrified. exactly but um, superman sorry, gets one one woman prepared for that yeah but there's a lot of really cool designs. These are mostly done by Dan Mora. Um, Dope. And uh, Francesco Matina did these incredible covers, which are just like <laughs> insane. Um, the other thing to take away from this is that Dead Man is involved uh, in a big way, which is cool. So it's it, like, you know, it, it, it highlights the Trinity, but Dead Man is behind the scenes the entire time. Okay. And I know a lot of people were, uh, eh, not a lot of people. I saw at least one or two like people who were like, oh, so it's all about Dr. Destiny. And I'm like, Dr. Destiny appears in the first issue. But that's all we like. Yeah, it's not what, about that. Right. Oh, man. This is just way the weird. Yeah. I'm not complaining. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that is just what this is. And I can't tell if opportunity to, to retread old ground or one trick pony now. Mm hmm. Uh oh, good stuff, though. Like, it looks really oh, okay. great. When we get out of there, it does look different. OK. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think you drew the. Uh, the after part. No, no, I meant like when we get out of like this. Yeah, after you get out of the nightmare. Yeah, that's on him? No. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. That's on him. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh. But right, well, uh, I still love it. It's great. And uh, it, looks, it looks amazing. I'm, I'm. Did this make me want to read it? I think that the name of the event and the pitch made me want to read it. This free comic book day issue didn't make me go like, well, now I got to read it. It was more like, this is really cool. I think the designs made me more excited. I think this is smart to do because they're very fortunate that free comic book day came around as this was coming out because people might be like, I'm done with events. I don't care, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you might pick this up and go like, all right, maybe I do. That's pretty cool. Oh, wait, there's 47 tie-ins. Oops. Right. But I, you know, maybe from this, you recognize that it's tie-ins tie and not like the core event. Oh, I would hope. Scary. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, there's definitely some really dope stuff here. Okay, that's like would not have gone that way for that. No, that's, but that's interesting. I well, like I want to know why. You yeah, know? I mean, no, that's I'm the not, thing. I'm they not, all tell a story, but I'm I don't know like, what the you fail. I'm just kind of like, oh, neat. Like that I would not have gone that way. No. Cool. So that was fun. I like that they did this kind of like Hellfire Gala. Yeah, exactly. In the back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I leafed through uh, some of the Marvel ones. Um, man the uh the spider team has really like forced me to not be i picked up the spider-man free comic book day and i just leafed through it and i was like there's nothing here i'm excited for it's okay. not like anything it's not like paul is the main character of that issue but it was just kind of like man i'm not you you have you have murdered my interest in this in this entire universe right 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 um the uncanny avengers though looks really cool so that's exciting francesco Matina. yeah 
killing it on these variant covers. Right. This is incredible. I know. Just that, that really creepy wake up. Right. Of the Joker. Oh. That's so fun. And creepy. Yeah. But also fun. No, it gives them a great opportunity to like really play with this idea and just have fun and, and, and kind of give you this kind of casual, well, do you know what? Just check it out. Check out this thing. Jump in. You know, it's not it's not a Dark Knight's metal saga that's going to, you know, overwhelm the entire series. They all the tie ins have their own books, so it's not going to interrupt the dawn of DC. Right. OK. Yeah. And you get to pick and choose, I guess. I, don't I think you can. I don't think you have to read everything. Well, I, the art's pretty and I like Bachelot, even if it's like it reminded me. Like, I was it's eyes there. and it's eyes on tendrils that are Beetlejuice inspired. It's 100 percent just the way that we are again. That's what they wanted. Yeah, it is. You know, a nightmare escape. I don't. Know. That's true. Kind of. I like it. So right. I'm. I'm. I'll check that out. Right. Uh, how about you, Tiff? What'd you read? Um. Let's just the one thing. Let's. I want. I definitely wanted to talk about before we jumped into anything. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you know, I was so hyped over. Um. Sins of Sinister. Yes. Um. So I read Immortal X Men. Uh. So let's talk about that really quickly. It's Immortal sure. X Men number eleven. Getting back to Gillen's immortal x-men run mm-hmm. and this is like hey this just ended so we're just gonna pick up from the conversations that, that just ended in yeah. the last one nice yeah so i mean like really what this does is go like um all right so you know how we took you know xavier hope uh, exodus and um emma off the table yes we're kind of putting them back on the table oh but in a reduced capacity and it's actually it's really well couched because it's it's told via storm narration yeah so we get to kind of get into her head you know she's got the knowledge that mother righteous has provided of like the timeline w- along with a uh, rasputin um like psychic they went through and they were like it's all like you know that happened yeah 100 that is that is what happened totally so she knows everything that occurred so she pulls everybody out of the pit okay and uh essentially they find like they use forges abilities forges like let me let me do this i always have to clean up my own messes let's clean up somebody else's mess Mm -hmm. so he you know creates some sort of tech machine he comes up with a plan he finds it and it's like this really cleverly placed genetic code Uh to put in there they find it they eradicate it but they're like i honestly i can't i can't be certain that we got it all right because i don't i don't know i think it looks like we did but maybe we did not no not right Mm -hmm. um so uh they're like all right cool so we're all good so what what happened like on the quiet council since we've been gone like what what's what's going on and like storm's like hold on uh excuse me we're not done here because actually we can't trust you on the quiet council if we don't know that it's gone right well that's why we jumped in the pit in the first place right but they're like yeah until you can get the the stuff out of us yeah they're like but you did and they're like, yeah, yeah, but what if we didn't yeah yeah and uh they all kind of have like a little like like hissy fit about it okay um you know we we learned like not a lot of folk are fans of xavier like storms even just kind of like i had enough of him Mm -hmm. so what storm did was she put together utilizing like the psychic images that they had and timeline images like from mother righteous i suppose she put together like little movies for them to watch of like the things that they did over a thousand years in this okay and so they're all like shook by that they all shook good uh but they still are like well what are we going to do then she's like we can't just kick you off the quiet council it's going to throw everything to disarray to be like oh yeah we kicked all these other people off and now we're also kicking off these four members and eh, it's going to look like bad for us yeah so you'll sit on the quiet council also you have a lot of knowledge and you're we do want to be able to you know 
counsel with you. Yeah. So, but you don't get a vote. Right. Oh, okay. No more vote for you four. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, not everybody takes super well. No. Hope is like enough of Exodus. She's like, get away from me. <laughs> you left me to die. Yeah. Which is really in that in that alternate future that where you were sinister as well. Right, right. But they all take it very personally because they, they it really is like the worst parts of them. Like Sinister took the worst parts of them yes. and brought it to light. Right? Which is not like truly them, but yeah. But it is the worst part of you. It, mm-hmm. It's in there somewhere. Right. Um so Storm and Xavier confront Destiny. They talk about her role in all of this, how you know how she's, she's trash. How she, yeah, how she's just a garbage person. Exodus and Hope have a huge brawl. Like okay Hope cool. is not letting this go she wants to beat his ass and storm shows <laughs> up and is like you're just gonna let everyone on krakoa just see you two fighting it out mm-hmm. yes so they don't they, they take it to the ground where hope takes his powers away she depowers herself essentially mm. and then they like she just punches him and he's like i'm like bigger than you she's like yeah but my dad trained me and he's way bigger than you right that's fair so, mm. so they they fight it out and then she leaves him and she's like i'm not your messiah and you're not a church we're done okay we are done um their roles like xavier can't do uh resurrections any longer he's not going to be allowed to help that Mm. process hope also will be doing it at a reduced capacity okay and everyone that she brings back they'll check right to make sure that nothing's there okay it's not a perfect situation but you can start to see how things are unraveling yes and i'm like i appreciate that Mm -hmm. this is this was a little tipping point right to start since sinister really screwed things up yeah even though it put everything back it really screwed everything up mm-hmm. mother righteous goes to mystique because you know she's mother righteous and she's a sinister so she can't help herself she, she's like putting her own little machinations into play now we got someone else with machinations happening okay i completely understand why they might want to bring apocalypse back to <laughs> to fix all this <laughs> or, or to be like all right well, it's, all, it's all going to hell me too yeah me and my family my why fam. not me yeah. I mean, I think that's where it was all going anyway, but yeah. Um, so she's like, oh, I have this message that was from Sinister, or from Irene to Sinister. I wanted to bring it to her. I'm just trying to make sure all the information gets to the right people. Okay. So she leaves, and uh, she's like, oh, it's about you, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mother Righteous leaves. She listens to it naturally. She discovers that, you know, Destiny was keeping that timeline alive in right. order to keep um, Raven alive. Yeah. And uh, how much she knew that that would not make her happy. So those two are going to have a falling out, clearly. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, we discover that uh, Mother Righteous is working with Sebastian Shaw. And they had been. And in fact, remember when Celine like, showed up and yeah. was like, being bankrolled by somebody? Oh, it was yeah. Mother Righteous. Oh, okay. And he knew that. Right. He's like, listen, I know this whole thing's going down. Mm-hmm. And Krakoa's got a lot of money. Yeah. And I want it all. Right. He's like, I'll do whatever you need. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, what I'm going to need you to do. And she hands him a list. She's like, I need you to make these proposals happen on the Quiet Council. Mm. And he's like, there's no way. And she's like, trust me. It's going to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, meanwhile, Storm is leaving to go back to Araco. And that's when, like, Emma really lays into her. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated it because, like, I love Storm. Yes. And I'm like, yes, Storm. You're right. Queen. Everything. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, to be fair, Emma is not wrong. You're right. All the things she's saying. Because Emma's a total bitch, let's be honest. But she laid it out for her mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, you like because Xavier's not taking it well, Hope's not taking it well. And Emma's just like. Right. Okay. She's like, I've been a villain before. I'm evil. I, yeah. I know how to deal with, like, shame. Yeah. So. But, you know, in the future, like that other timeline, mm-hmm. 
first of all, that was sinisterized versions of ourselves, And even though that was our deepest, darkest parts, it wasn't truly who we are because I'm not just that. I'm other things. Exactly. Good for her. And then she's like, and you left and you let us carry on and drown for five years before you realized anything was up. Yeah. So, so what's your problem? Yeah. Like, and the problem is that you're trying to do like that job up there mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, you act like, you know, because Arako's like, there is no king. There is no like ruler. And yet they worship you as a god. Yeah. So aren't you kind of a hypocrite? Right. And you didn't help us down here. Mm-hmm. So Storm rationalizes that it's like she's just saying that because she's she's actually feeling hurt, which I believe. OK, she's probably lashing out. But she's like, but she's also not wrong and weapon well played. Mm-hmm. So Storm's like, I can't give up my seat on a rack out and I can't give up my seat down here. How am I going to do this? So she's like, I need someone down here to help vote for me by proxy. Okay. So she's like, Colossus, can you help me with that? I'm right. like, oh. So that Colossus thread that Ben Percy's been like just dangling. It's finally been. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Cool. So I, I appreciated this issue. It was like, yeah. It was unnecessary for the Sins of Sinister. Right. Uh, arc, but I, I appreciate it as you know, keeping the momentum kind of going for it. Totally, just, it's like a decompression. Yeah, that's what some other events have treated their Omega issue to be. Yes, yes. And I'm like, no, this is just the next issue. Exactly. So, good stuff. Good. good stuff. Very excited. Fall All right, next. it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, well, I read Batman number nine hundred or one thirty-five, uh, and uh, this is the culmination of the uh of failsafe and whatever the hell they called this last arc it's of course written by chip sadarsky with art by a, a number of artists including mikhail yannon and uh mike hawthorne and and more uh jorge jimenez is working on it uh andriano di benedetto Benet, uh yeah and uh, the idea is that um What's it called? Halliday, the red mask slash Joker proxy of the alternate reality. Remember when you had this great pitch where uh, in Failsafe, uh, Failsafe, the robot, um, th- th- there was this implication that maybe Batman was not actually in the multiverse, that maybe he was like in a tube somewhere, yeah. like living out the uh, fantasy or the reality that failsafe like set up for him to keep him off the table yeah. well no that's not it batman was really in the multiverse and he's really tumbling yeah, through I, time. I, yeah I, I was which I is was... kind of disappointing that there wasn't the other thing <laughs> uh because you know this was more direct and a little bit more obvious and uh you know so batman uh needs to follow how Hall- oh so holiday's like i saw a version of myself uh in the multiverse and it was the joker and i'm like holiday's the joker like and i remember that they they set that up originally but i'm like wait but like didn't like Zdarsky's first page of this entire arc was the three Jokers. And I'm like, the guy who wrote three Jokers also wrote Flashpoint Beyond, which established the Joker's true identity. And it's not like it's the Joker from one of the other two Jokers. It's the Joker we all like from the Killing Joke. So. Yeah. And his name ain't Holiday. Right. What, right. what, what, what is this? And uh, the idea is just like, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm starting to see where chip zadarsky's strengths are i've always seen them yes but i'm also seeing where his weaknesses are and in this his batman is a blind spot for him where he wants to write batman and he wants to give us batman Mm -hmm. and this is very okay this is a very okay issue and uh it has been two very okay arcs Uh it's still less boring than detective detective comics by rom v I will give you this review for this entire series. It is different. It is groundbreaking compared to its predecessors. The covers are phenomenal. 
and it's one of the most boring runs on Batman I've ever read in my life. Like, it can be both of those things. This has not been boring. Right. But it has been predictable. Mm. And I'm not saying that I need my Batman to be unpredictable, but I am asking that my writers be smarter than me. So Batman needs to go through time to chase Holiday because Holiday's like, the perfect pure version of me is the Joker and I need to become the Joker. So he put he makes this multiversal machine that allows him to go into the mind of the Joker from the point of origin so you can see how he can become the Joker true and truly become himself. And uh, what he ends up doing is activating a power that he has. And it's not that he can become the Joker. He can never become the Joker. Instead, what he does is he creates Jokers throughout the multiverse. So when he activates a power to be the Joker, instead he conjures a Joker in each reality. And so he, throughout the multiverse, he's making Jokers. And so Batman's got to go through realities to chase after holiday and stop him from making more jokers. And uh, so Batman has to go to like Batman beyond and Batman 89 and Batman dark Knight returns and Batman blah, blah, blah. Jokers there already. Well, some of them died like Batman 89. The Joker died. Well, he's back. Like Batman vampire, but that's not making a joker. That's resurrecting a joker. It's, it's the same joker, but it, well, it's the Joker of that reality. Like, if I make a Joker in this reality, I will make this reality's Joker. So while it's not necessarily bringing that Joker back to life, it is essentially res- resurrecting. And because it's Halliday, the Joker is much more mean and terrible. So like in Batman 66, Adam West, he, re- he, he makes a Joker that is much more vicious and, and, and less silly than the one that was played by uh, Cesar Romero. That being said, it's still Cesar Romero's Joker. It's it, it's very flimsy, and we only spend about it's, one and a, from one half to two pages in each reality. So, if you are asking me to explain in any way this premise any further than I already have, I have to warn you that there is no more explanation. Is his power like fan fiction related, in which he's taking those jokers and going, "But what if I had written them?" No, it's just because that there are more evil versions of the Joker that had already existed in oh, that book. Oh, okay. So like when you... When, no, when, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what it would be like. Yeah, more or less. Like, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, but in my in my version, mm-hmm. that's how it is. Well, we don't even see them, unfortunately. Like, oh, okay. not even, They don't even do anything. It's Batman meeting Batman throughout the multiverse. But doesn't that just... What? Doesn't that just wreck all well, these timelines no because they're not really timelines remember this is an infinite it's an infinite multiverse now so like Sorry, doesn't it just wreck these multiverses who cares? like hey this is back he's back now does any does anybody really care joker that broke his own neck he's back yeah walking around yeah that happened so now if they were to ever do a dark knight returns five they could bring back the Joker or they could ignore it because who cares? Like, that's the thing. Who cares? You're supposed to have fun. Just whatever. Just look, it's, it's Michael Keaton meeting real Batman. Look, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller Batman gets to interact with our Batman. Look, that, look, Kelly sh- Jones came back to draw Batman vampire using- and that Joker's dead, but he's back now. And he should be a vampire. Though. Yeah, and he is a vampire. Well, okay, then that's fair then. It's- I was like, ooh, that's a moment for Tiffany. Um, Using the Joker should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's high time like to stop. I, like like he's a really he's a really iconic character. Yeah, he's the but he's the most recognizable, you're, you're most taking iconic. Away everything that makes a story when he shows up special. Yes, that's right. No, it is 
it, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, there should be punishments for it. It's like, oh, I've got a Joker story. Cool. You have two fewer issues to finish your story now. It's like, like there's a Joker. There's another Joker book that's still going on. I mean, like Jeff Lemire had that Joker book that nobody read that was like going on in Black Label at the same time as two other Joker. But it was like, it's enough. I understand DC. I understand that things are dire and like, you know, or at least like you need to cough up some coin, but like, it's time to wrap it up. But, with we'll, the joke. but what will you do when everyone stops buying those two? Because they're tired of that because you, because you exhausted him into the ground. Yeah. Because if instead of it being exciting and dangerous when he shows up, it's just like, all right, cool. What? Uh, oh, now there's a whole bunch of jokers. Yeah. All right. I guess that makes it more dangerous, but it's not mm-hmm. because it's, we got to get through it too fast. So who cares? <laughs> Just like, this past week. When, when, well, think about it. If you're telling me who cares you're supposed to have fun with it and mm-hmm. we're talking about a Joker story. Right. Like, How there is... was a time frame when that, there was a time period in comics when that was a thing. Yes. Because they were a little more, mm-hmm. um, not the level or like the type of comics that they are yeah. now. And so it was like, you know, serialized or like, you know, villain of the, the week kind of thing. Sure. And it's like, sure, who cares? Mm-hmm. But as comics have progressed to become a little more, you know these longer arcs yes. and, and everything's connected and we've got to pay attention to the history then like the joker needs to be treated differently than that I, yeah he's like or it's not like Tweedledee showed up and right. Tweedledum. Like, well but it would th- this would not be as epic it's not it's issue 900 are we not going to do the joker in issue 900 no. we're 100 issues away from a thousand no that you saved it for the like no, that's 100 we- issues though I just I feel like no you don't wait for like you don't do it for nine hundred you don't do it just because it's a number you do it because the story's there well, and you the story because- was there like this was Halliday was but wait, that uh, multiversal uh, Joker just last week there yeah. were three books with Joker in them there was the Deadly Duo which just ended okay. the Joker the Man Who Stopped Laughing and the Batman issue so there were three must buy Batman books with the Joker in them including of course his self-titled book I it was just, just it was it, I, it, it it felt a little hollow and yeah. honestly like it wasn't even like you got to watch batman and batman fight the joker there was one moment where batman fought the joker and it was the vampire joker because of course what's funny is halliday will resurrect or, or or give you a joker but in batman vampire batman's dead yeah so our batman had to fight the resurrected vampire joker so that reality is just effed because there's no more Batman. Uh, oh, we also went to Gotham by Gaslight. Like, there's a lot of uh, it was it was neat to see, and there were it, and and of course he had that costume that was like a slipshod from the multiverse. Like he was he was trapped in that reality where there was no there was never a Batman, so he had to make a Batman costume out of garbage. And so you know he did this thing where he's like, all right. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to mention also that like um you know the Batman of Zurada was this thing that was uh you know obviously long established, but Zdarsky brought it up in the failsafe arc as like you know a way to he he, he pulled it out as a way to to potentially fight failsafe and it didn't work out but it's like and then he did this great and Zodarski wrote a, another joker story in which the batman of zurana fought joker but um that was a backup story mm-hmm. but the batman of zurana is this like concept where it's like batman without bruce wayne but because real batman went to all those realities all those realities batman also got a zurana so they all could all could be overwhelmed and taken over by the Zerna. And then at the end of the whole series, there's like a little splash of all the Batman that he visited. And there's there's Zerna counterparts who are all working together in some kind of team. So maybe that'll be set up. Who knows? But like, I don't know. It's just it's it's 
there, there's not much there that makes me go this is really cool it's just more like a bunch of things that happened which i'm supposed like, to like it feels like putting a fingerprint on it yeah just it, that's it but even then it's not because there, nothing about it is distinctly zadarsky nothing about no, it no, says that like, that's chip no no i'm not saying it like that i'm saying like i put my mark on the universe right now now there's a guy who makes jokers right there's a guy who makes jokers and there's, and there's a Joker in all these realities. Well, and now. and there's a there's a Zurana Batman Adam West, and there's a Zurana Batman well, like, and a Zurana Batman Beyond, and this isn't like right. Well, but but why? To what end? Yeah. Well, I guess my question. I mean, clearly he's building towards more because he has no intention. I mean, maybe of he'll just undo it all and and make but it why? go. Why? Why would you? But then why would that be a moment in Batman 900 to be like, wow, here's these Batman of Zurana, only to go well, and then they went away. That would be like doing a sequel to a beloved animated series and then having and the thing that you love about it is the legacy of that protagonist only to have that new protagonist who inherited many lives of the previous protagonists just just cut off all of those all of those other lives i don't think it's quite like that i think it's more like saying like oops it was a dream it didn't happen well i mean this could easily have been a dream and it didn't happen but it right? but it wasn't instead tim found him in the multiverse like in that like tgif i'm just like uh, i guess i'm just disappointed by the reliance of chip on joker it, joker almost doesn't even like joker's presence is felt throughout the issue so why make it him because joker is the most it, important but it could be anything right, but it wouldn't be but it would be lame if it was killer croc like it was multiversal crocs nobody cares like nobody would want to read that and i gotta get people to read this damn book it's batman yeah but we also know what but happens when we put Eisner award-winning writers on that <laughs> series who do whatever the hell they want for a hundred issues. I, I they just, don't get to hundred issues. I just feel like you're diluting the, the yeah, diluting the DC the is Joker diluting brand. the Joker brand yeah. wholesale, and Zadarsky is not uh, is not inescapable for blame. The book was fine, and it was neat to see like bat, real Batman meet like Batman Beyond. Yeah, and uh, you know uh other characters okay oh and because he had that suit he needed like a new batman suit so like he has a put together so you know like adam west batman gives him his utility belt mm -hmm. dark knight returns gives him his old blue suit so it's it, it and it, and it kind of works it's a fun little suit and i'm like oh will he wear that from the future probably not but it's like a neat idea okay. and he needs it because when he gets to the end of time like there's there's um there's time sharks that attack him and he needs to take out the shark repellent because ah, uh, uh, beeper leaper says hey comic pop girlfriend and I participated on free comic book day and they had uh buy one get one fifty percent off on trades and mangas I didn't really need anything but I got the girlfriend two mangas she wanted also Guardians of the Galaxy three was great have a good week and talk to you later thank you very much beeper hey um the phoenix jedi love how the guardians movies felt like comics to me guardians of the galaxy volume two was just more of the first one and guardians of the galaxy three felt more like the end of a comic run than a movie trilogy good i mean that's that's how it should feel it should feel like the end of mm -hmm. uh, an arc yeah um dazed taze says hey hey y'all i uh, hope your free comic book day was good picked up world tree and nice. the forge off of the recommendations of here Gerald tiffany's and i'm enjoying them any thoughts on the announcement of the new jay garrick and alan scott series uh no i saw them and again i don't care about those characters and i there's very little they could do to get me to read them mm. um alec kobe broussard says my local comic shop was closed on free comic day it doesn't <gasps> get new books like ever uh like uh the most recent batman back in 130 is that normal but the guy who runs it is real nice and always gives me a 20 percent at discount on everything that's nice but also what the hell yeah that's not quite normal that's nuts that's that's, that's not... that is 
that sounds like it's not even a comic book store. It's just some, it, it's a dude who owns, who, who somehow managed to trick a, like a distributor into thinking his garage is a comic book store. And then he just like, you know, I don't know, does not, it's, that's, that's gotta be something somewhere where someone operates a comic book store or their garage. We, there is one we've, We've never been to it, but like I've oh, seen yeah, it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "This is someone's house." And then there was a review of it on Google that was like, "This is someone's house. Don't go here. It's in this dude's basement." But you know how like people may have like dental offices out of yes. their homes. Like, yes, I find that creepy too. I don't like that. I don't find that creepy. I do. I don't like it. This should be in a place, isn't a it, business. Isn't it nice to know where, that they're always there, ready to take care of your teeth? Are they going to? I don't know. Uh, MN and M says, I don't usually read this book, but I picked up Shazam number one. And man, Dan Moore is as good as ever. Uh, loved how his Shazam looks more in line with CC Beck's original version of the character. It's very golden agey. It sure is. I read Shazam number one as well. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora. It's good. It's nice. fun. I don't know if I care enough about Shazam to read more of the series, but he also really doesn't care about Jeff Johns. He was like, all oh, that's gone. I like that Mark Wade is like, I'm hanging on to Dan Mora until they kick me off of dc books. well and it's so <laughs> smart to give dan Moore a shazam yeah because like how, why else would i buy shazam i am awake if i says tiffany thoughts on ice cream man series i read the first issue and it really didn't connect with me but i should probably give it another shake maybe into the beyond turns out for comic book day mark bagley was at a signing at a local comic book store it was cool meeting him he was nice also hyped for conan after the free comic book day nice. issue. See, that's exactly that's... it like you, you, you pick up those books you may not normally grab and you're like give it a shot mm -hmm. jim zubs on that that's right that's right he is the architect of the comic version of conan for <laughs> that whole chimerian universe uh daniel hospitale says uh what villain would you want to see tom holland spider-man go up against the only caveat you can't choose any villains already done in any of the films hobgoblin it's a good one because i want the 80s era i want it i want black suit i want black cat i want hobgoblin yeah and kingpin hobgoblin would be awesome i'd love to because yeah yeah or i who would you like to see? i'd also go demo <laughs> just because you'd be like okay what what i have to get my friend the, the wizard uh, yeah. he's not my friend anymore no he doesn't even know who i am i have to go yeah that's right no he does he's like i remember you, you. we worked together to fight thanos that one time and i think i did something with you and he's like yeah that's right come on i gotta fight a demon uh ctl or six or CT16985. My daughter was born, and I get to watch my favorite comic couple talk about oh, a good Marvel movie. Con I'd call that a good day. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Well, it's not Mazel Tov, but it is congratulations to you. That's fantastic. And, you know, get sleep when you can. That's right. Peach adding Night Terrors, my full pull list. I'm glad we nice. sold a, a, a nice. Night Terrors. That's nice. All right. Cool. Uh, Joshua Mayhead, thank you very much for your super sticker. <laughs> You're very generous, super sticker. Yes, very generous. Thank you. What does he say? You're amazing? Yeah. <laughs> I like a little it a adorable lot. Issue. I had it ready to go. I was like, He's no, it's too you. cute. All right. Uh, Thomas Wolfenberger. Sal, did you read uh, Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis? I grabbed on a whim. I love the art. I'm so lost on 2099, but New Carnage and She Venom was a badass. Thoughts? I didn't read it, uh, but I do have it. Um, I don't care about 2099 anymore. It, it, you know, after Time Storm and all the other things, I was like, they don't they don't even know what the hell Time exactly they, they don't even know what's going on with that universe uh bitter spite have you read everything burns the death of kid loki by matt fraction and kieran gillen no no mm. Mm. we might have it though <laughs> mm. Mm. we gotta talk about this movie i know but point. george mckay says so you're <gasps> saying zarski ripped off spider-verse in batman 
truncated you know it's it's not as expansive you know and there were no inheritors it's just the joker which honestly i'd rather read another joker story than read anything about the inheritors ever uh okay that's that's you know not to mince words the space cowboy did you guys check out the mighty Morphin power engine ninja turtle number two a fun read no and not for any reason other than i just didn't bother uh, there's a lot going on but uh all right yeah so uh let's jump into it it is time to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume three Where uh, they are from james gunn this is a long time coming and so our quick uh non yeah non-spoiler review of this story is uh it is um it's it's excellent that's your whole review of your non-spoiler review no we can jump okay. into more like <laughs> Uh, you know, as far as direction goes, uh, Gunn got of uh, some fantastic performances out of literally everybody in the sh- in the uh, in in the the, the film. Uh, it's well written. It's tight. It manages to be its own story while completing a trilogy, while paying off the fact that the Guardians of the Galaxy literally appeared in and had in, like important things happen to them in Avengers movies, uh, and. Uh, and and still manages to wrap up things while setting more things up uh it it builds more than it breaks and uh you know and and it is a hell of a watch as well like it's just a continue it's a it's a uh it's it's a joyful uh experience just reading this book or watching this movie reading this book reading this book oops but yeah uh that's what i think about it you yeah um i feel like out of all of the mcu movies and like trilogies that this is the most consistent one yeah you know the characters have had a chance to grow and change and Mm -hmm. you know their adventures have affected who they are right um and it's not like it hasn't been building but consistent feeling you know gun just really nails that these are cohesive films even if they're all narratively different yes you know but it's still it feels like they're one it does yeah uh each character gets eh, so much of an arc uh sometimes those arcs are more substantial than others but everyone feels i I don't feel like anyone got left out and Mm. i don't feel like anybody got shortchanged Mm. um and that also includes new characters and newcomers to the franchise most uh notably would be iwuji who played the the high evolutionary Mm -hmm. uh and i guess you know maybe nathan fillion playing that guy in that scene he just showed up no it was just Nathan. apparently they they're friends yeah he's in all of them but in you know to diminishing uh effect sure um but yeah uh everybody gets gets something strong and meaty to to do and to 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 have in the right. story I, i'd also say that as much as i think i have to think more on it to be honest mm-hmm. um but so, you know a, a hallmark of guns like filmmaking is the use of music and I oh, felt yeah. at times it's it felt a little hand-fisted um yeah a little what was it, it was the last two i think needed to sell you on the music integration sure. like it was surprised they didn't no, they I, didn't the say first one had to sell you the second one i was like Yay. the second one you knew that it was coming and yes. the third one it was like he went well here is all the music that is appropriate for this movie and I'm not going to make any more. So here's a few more. And if you, yeah. And, that, and that's what I, I was like, okay, fine. Um, I also say if like, if you haven't had the opportunity to see this yet, like try to not go in thinking about um, 
people's involvements within the MCU anymore. Like I was trying really hard. Like I, I initially was like sitting there meta watching it in yes. a way, like thing like which one's gonna care, which which character's gonna die. Yeah, like thinking to myself, like okay, wait, like I know this person doesn't really want to do this anymore. Blah blah. I'm like, just enjoy the movie. Yeah. just enjoy the the story. And eventually, I got myself out of that. Um, but try not. To, it's so hard. I know it's so hard because there's so much information out there. Oh yeah, just, just go in and enjoy the film mm-hmm. uh, if you, if you want to see it yeah. um, but i do recommend that you go and see it because definitely. it definitely you know is is well made yeah you know it's the same quality of, of filmmaking from the first and the second it's just, yes it's just a different story yes significant uh, uh consistency but strong you know it wasn't like man this is this feels like the same filmmaker i'm i'm happy it was no more it was consistently good and i think that gun is more comfortable you can watch him grow more comfortable with the tools you know it, it, it there seems to be this weird formula that like disney in particular is for whatever reason interested in doing i i think i tossed out a conspiracy theory about that i don't really actually believe this but okay. the theory is that because like why give ryan johnson a star wars trilogy just out of the gate like right. who is that why would you do that why would you call you know uh um Edgar Wright to make an Ant-Man movie, you know, uh, all these, all these different movies and franchises They're They're like, get this new person. Like, uh, someone's making, uh, God, there's a, there's some like brand new filmmaker making a, uh, a, I don't remember which, which movie or TV show it is. It's coming out, but it's from Marvel. It's like, I just looked at her, at, at her, at her, I mean, people, I'm like, you didn't do, you haven't done anything, you know, or uh, Chloe Zhao getting Eternals. And it's like, just all these different and i my 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 conspiracy theory pitch was just like they're a f- they're like no we can't have them changing things so let's 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 give them an offer they can't refuse sure. and then burn them the hell out of this industry so mm-hmm. we can keep making like mcdonald's uh i don't think that's true but some creators and some directors um really don't thrive in this environment sure you know i think taika watiti burned out of the you know out of this whole system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like i don't trust watiti after thor 4 to make a, a, a thor movie yeah. an avengers movie whereas originally after thor ragnarok i think people were like give him guardians after gun leaves you know now it's like oh it's that's over um but gun seems to be one of the few who really responded to this experience sure in a way where he's able to tell like smaller like uh, this is a small scale story the story is let's save our friend that's the movie yeah right which is pretty small scale when you consider that like captain america winter soldier was about saving democracy in america and uh you know every avengers movie is about saving the whole goddamn planet right you know in this one uh mild spoilers wait oh yeah okay they <laughs> fail to save a planet <laughs> um but it doesn't matter to them because that's not what's important yeah but yeah but my 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 wrapping up my my analogy slash compliment to james gunn is just like he seems to be very comfortable making his movies like i'm i'm more excited for him to make a superman movie now because yeah, was, he hasn't lost what he had that was, made him good at each job i was sad that he was leaving this but at the same time i was like i feel like DC's playing pretty okay. Yeah, okay, like I'm like that's, that's that's good. Yeah, will 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 Nathan Fillion probably play, play Perry White? Yeah, but like <laughs> oh well. <laughs> um, I I would also say that you know if you're going with your family, if you've got 
children. Um, this movie does have a lot of animal cruelty in it. Yes. Um, so just be prepared for that or be prepared to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an animal lover, there's some scenes that are kind of rough. Yes. There's some definitely some scenes that are rough. And right at the end, there's a nice little gore moment that's pretty well done. It's very well done. Very and well also done. very, if you Not have... Not spoiling it, anything. No, but, but if it's... you have a uh, if you have a small child who may be sensitive to that kind of gore, you know, shield you, their eyes. You'll or... kind of feel it coming. Yes. You'd be like, whoop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, just as a heads up, I, I was just, I was yeah, no, that's that, worth you know, mentioning. The animal stuff is, it, it, it's intense. It's intense. And that's, you especially know. for uh, like a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, you when know, you think you, about it like that. That's not what this, you know, we don't normally use these movies to talk about that. And they don't, no one says like, and that's why you need to be careful and, yeah. be, and be, and be kind to your, to our animal brothers. No, it's like, it's so cruel that if you don't feel bad, you know, like that you're in the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, getting into spoiler territory, yeah, let's, I suppose. Let's, I guess we could jump into that. Why not? Um, you know, obviously this is, uh, it, it's funny how this ends up being Rocket's movie while also allowing him to pretty much only be in a third of the movie, but the other two thirds, he's still in the movie, but he's not participating in the present plot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was the kind of filmmaking where I, uh, uh, I think I likened it originally when I was talking about it on another channel to Dungeons and Dragons, where people were like, oh my God, Dungeons and Dragons was so good. And I'm like, Dungeons and Dragons is not so good. Dungeons and Dragons was very well made for it being a competent studio special effects picture yep. and we're very bereft of that lately where like we have Chekhov's gun and it goes off in the third act we have characters set up with motivations and problems and then it's paid off in the third act like oh my god it's just made by competent people uh in this it's like rocket raccoon is harmed in the beginning of the book or <laughs> the beginning of the of the movie yeah and then he is off the table until the third act. Yep. But we also have him be the protagonist of his own story in flashbacks in the center of the picture, yep. which is like so smart to allow this character to still be in as much screen time as Peter Quill, but he's not even in the damn story. It's brilliant. Yeah. Like I was like, and it, it's not brilliant. It's just really well-made filmmaking. It's competent filmmaking, mm-hmm. but it feels brilliant because like Marvel's because been kind of lacking lately. I agree. I totally agree. So uh, that's nice. And also I've always loved Bradley Cooper's rocket record. He's one of my favorite characters in this whole thing. Um, It's kind of amazing because you know, it it is, I think it's always harder for actors to become voice actors and like Cooper just, especially because he's like such a gorgeous man and i loved him from a team and i'm just like why like okay we're gonna hire bradley cooper this this beautiful brilliant actor to voice a raccoon and he's like i love that right i can imagine he does because he's like i'm in my homer simpson pajamas and i have a huge latte that is gonna last me the rest of this recording session and then i'm gonna get the f out of here and i'm gonna go be in something starring lady gaga like yeah <laughs> they have such charisma they do oh my god you could have a hundred people in the room and 99 of them could say no, but all you need is one person. I'm just being Lady Gaga in every interview for that movie that she was in. I think the star is born. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Standouts for you in terms of actors. I think everybody gets a moment, if not two or three moments that really shine. Yeah. 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 Uh, Standouts for me. I got to say, like, I really, you know, she did, she's doing a lot of the same things. It's really easy to toss her to the side, but I really liked Mantis in this that you're you are so astute in your observation that mantis is such an easy to ignore character yeah and uh it it could be very easy to just meme her up yep to make her into a side character that just is the healer to the party Mm -hmm. 
listen, healers don't get love. Um, but you know, and, and we've seen that with her, but I, I appreciated that this all worked narratively, like her change and a lot of this are character moments for all these characters where they were all these characters get character moments. Um yeah. they get these these intense situations moments. Like moments. Yeah, I don't want to say moments, I'm trying to say something else. Oh. Um okay. these intense sort of scenes where they reveal something vulnerable something that, themselves. about themselves or something they know about someone else. Mm-hmm. And and so you know it, it hits everybody hard, right? Um, and I appreciate that, and yeah. and I appreciate that this movie also uh, did a nice job with Nebula. Yes. You know, she is she's a completely different person from the first movie. Which oh, is for just sure, fantastic. Yeah, she's she's definitely taken quite the uh, Zuko level arc, <laughs> <laughs> but um, she she's come out the side of this, and initially you think of it kind of like one notey for her, but by the end you're like, okay, yeah, the, you're you're there with her, right? You know, she's like team mom but not mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh drax was fine yeah i think he did you know if despite all of dave batista's bluster and protestations over this entire spirit from guns firing to reinstatement to the movie being out you know uh, he didn't seem pretty he didn't seem terribly unhappy to be there when we were watching the movie no I and think, that was really nice to yeah. see that separation between like the disgruntled dave batista who upon the last frame of movie being shot on him he immediately jumped on a plane and flew to make another movie mm-hmm. uh it seemed like he was very comfortable being in the movie and playing his character and and doing what he does best mm-hmm. um i was very keenly aware because of his complaints that he is he considers himself to be like a clown that he doesn't want to be uh i found that his clowning and jokes in this movie were certainly toned down or made into character moments versus Guardians 2. Guardians well, 2 is much more of a joke, I think, than in Guardians 3. Yes, but I I think that they managed to also use the narrative structure mm-hmm. and, and um, the last movie and the holiday special yes. to allow them to put a little bit onto Mantis as well. Right. Because the holiday special, it's really like he and Mantis. It's the, it's the two of them carrying and, it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they get, they get to play off each other for humor there, but since she's there, she gets to shoulder some of it, which disarms you to the deeper sense of, of empathy and knowledge that she carries with her, which I kind of appreciate. Totally. Um, and I, I, I do love that moment though, where she calls it like, like they're where they call him stupid. Yeah. And then she just uses her abilities to protect him yes and i'm like that is so messed up it's but so messed it's, up and it's, it it's also reveals how she how much she cares about him mm-hmm. where she's like no i don't want you to, to be, feel to that feel bad that. like i don't want you to be ruined by my words and it's such a moment that you would expect in a non-james gun movie to be undone at some crucial point in the movie to have him go like, I've never forgotten. I always remember that doesn't work on me or he suddenly remembers and it he's, he has changed, but James Gunn is never afraid to be like, uh, if it would be in people lie yep. in real life. And sometimes they get away with it. Yep. And this is one of those times. And, uh, you know, he is saying something, I think morally in the movie where it's like, no man just gets away with making with, with protecting his feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's okay to like lie to the ones you love to protect how they feel. And that, certainly that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying from my heart, but I'm right. saying that's what the movie is saying. Yeah. And I'm like, or that's what she, believes. that's what she believes. And I'm like, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, because that's what the movie's trying to say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was 
it, it didn't even like really blow up. It wasn't like, but Mantis knows how he truly feels versus how he expresses himself. And mm-hmm. it's like, that was, that was a real moment that like really uh, you wouldn't expect at this point, at, especially at the point during the narrative, but at this point in the franchise to go, Oh yeah. And also this, mm-hmm. this, this aspect of his character. Yeah. Um, rounding at the team, uh, you know, Peter Quill. Yeah. He's, I mean, like, he's the protagonist of this whole franchise and it's always been about him running from his guilt and grief. Yeah. And even when he spent two full Avengers movies on earth, he never really acknowledged that he was there and it, and left as soon as, you know, as galactically possible. possible. Yeah. And, uh, to, to have that be carried through into this and then made into a growing point for him was satisfying. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate that while he is, technically like the leader of this team and you know really has focused around him mm-hmm. you know his character manages to get out of the way while still driving the plot yes like he is progressing this but it's not it's not about him no it, we don't need him to be in every scene and we don't need him barking orders or, yeah. or, or trying to drive it in any you know more obvious or or deliberate way he's we feel that everyone's presence or every every character we're meant to feel uh, and 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 what and, what role they play in this? Right, and this is the like you know other than Gamora, which we can get to in a second. You know, oh the- shit, he wasn't on Earth Infinity War. I'm a freaking idiot. I'm sorry, <laughs> he wasn't in. He wasn't on Earth Infinity War. No, it was Rocket who was. It was Rocket who was on Earth. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here come I, all the comments that will then have to be edited or deleted. No, I, I just, I genuinely just don't care. I oh. was just pointing it out because oh. I know it's if, if one person said it, a thousand people that's what are going to say it. In the comments and yeah. the after show, that's fine. But um, damn it, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, so aside from Gamora, yes. all of the characters are all on board for this. Yeah, there's no, no, there's no dissent. <laughs> which I really appreciate because the, it shows their growth as a team yes, as well. Like, a family. You know, this, like, you know, Rocket is in danger. He's going to die. What are we going to do about that? Mm-hmm. We know we're going to do this. Everyone's on board. Yeah, yeah. And the only person who isn't is the person who doesn't have the who's memories not part of being of, on the team. Who's not a part of the family anymore. Right. She died. And I and I do appreciate um, having Gamora here. You know, I, I do understand uh, a couple folks had mentioned that um they or I, I saw at least a comment that mentioned that they thought they wished that she'd been able to progress the, her character arc and i totally get that yeah. however i do like that we get to a return to gamora deadliest woman in the galaxy right because i feel like she doesn't get to play that up as much no at the beginning of this she franchise. was that for like maybe a minute and a half in the first movie yeah. but even then she's still crying about xandar like she's she never struck me and the, the reality is none of them are like none of no. them are the characters they are from the comics and maybe in a few shining moments do they get to actually embody that character mm-hmm. they are their own versions of those characters in these movies but as you were as you were saying Gamora Zoe Saldana gets to play a different two versions of, of that character yeah and I, and I thought that was kind of neat and you know it, it I it was fun and at the same time I was very much not here for them rekindling their relationship I I, actually, and I don't think that was ever going to happen I think no was, but like I I was like I, I appreciate this is here with this is the elephant in the room they have to address this but that's not what this is about exactly and I really appreciate that they that. didn't make it about that yeah, yeah. well like, apparently we can't just have this movie and then not like it's the last one that gun's going to be filming we can't just have her not be involved yes you know, like everyone be like, where was she? What was she doing this right. whole time? So let's put her in 
but she represents she is more or less a ghost in this she's a ghost of who she who she was yeah. to them yeah i i also appreciated we as like the viewing audience got to understand a little bit of where nebula comes from right just because of that because of her treatment of her because of her treatment of quill early in this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it's like he's like what the hell is this she's like he's like that's how she always was right you exactly. just never saw that right <laughs> and i'm like that's kind of neat you know we as the audience get a better appreciation for nebula's past yes that's true uh, and she actually has a lot of connection in this with with others you yes. know like you clearly see her connection to Quill. We see her connection with her sister and that past. Like mm-hmm. she is very much faced with that. Yeah. Something that presumably she's trying to move on from is now just thrust back. Into yeah. Her like face. you could see her being uh, in a lesser movie, her g- joining with Gamora and being like, all right, well we're, we're weapons bred for destruction. Let's join this team and kill people and take money. You know? And it's like, that would suck. that's not what she is. Like she's um, like, I spent five years on earth with a rock with, with I, I've been a, an Avenger longer than, the hulk right <laughs> you know uh not the hulk i was gonna say somebody who snapped like i've been the avenger longer than black panther spider-man or winter soldier like right you and know? even in those instances you know she was dealing with the fact that it's like the guy who made me like this is the reason you're like that the, like she's yeah, faced the with it every ruined. day yeah. so you know she gets to go to nowhere they're rebuilding she's doing something for for the positive and, yeah. and walks gamora who is like stuck in time yes. from like a time where she was a very different person mm-hmm. and then of course you have her connection with rocket yeah where once she learns what happened to him right she's immediately well because she spent five years with rocket so it's like they already had a connection uh, the closest relationships are peter and rocket and nebula and rocket yeah uh so yeah but i uh i also appreciate it because apparently and it, this is just like hearsay because i don't have a direct source but like the, the implication was that uh, Yondu's death in, uh, in in Guardians 2 is supposed to belong to Gamora. So James Gunn has meant to kill Gamora since Guardians 2. And that, like, G- Gamora's death in Infinity War was meant... It was an opportunity for Gunn to realize his vision of killing off Gamora originally. Oh. So that, like... And, and I think that was... It, it, knowing that makes me think, like, oh, so Peter's arc has always been, you know that he is running from his past. He finds what he thinks is the love of his life. And then she dies. Right. And then he has to, but well, like, no, he, he, cause even his relationships are him running. Like, well, even, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, you need to face what you have run from. Gamora would never help him do that because she would just make him too happy and mm-hmm. never, or, or think he's happy and never actually come confront yeah. that, that, that past of his. Yeah. Peter's arc is really that he has to face the fact that loss is inevitable. Yes. Regardless of it happening too soon for him, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the loss is inevitable and that you, you can't flee from it at all times. Cause you'll never, you can't have relationships with people. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's really strong and I loved it. And, 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 right. so, and, and that kind of comes full circle here because he's faced with, he's like, all right, I got Gamora back. I'm going to make this work. Yeah. I'm going to force it to as work. That's happening. Rocket is being pulled away from exactly him. yeah you yeah. know it's like he's like no i just want everything i right. want it all yeah and of course like that's the the, the there's a theme of change in mm-hmm. this everyone oh, in this sure. whole movie has changed including yeah. Groot, who's literally changed yes uh so yeah and and how it is scary and it might not be what you wanted and it certainly isn't what you had but maybe well even if it isn't better it's still what is coming it's mm-hmm. still what's happening and uh so you know we, as, as evidenced by our post credit scene right um, and and honestly like even like listen i think for a lot of people groot never got better than than the original groot or yes. baby groot or original groot oh uh, i don't know because i like uh gun's d- description of groot now is like the first groot was like more or less kept as a pet and this is a groot who was raised by a family 
So like right. you're so he's going to be a very different kind of group. Sure, uh, sure. Also, you're seeing a group that basically like during his adolescence was inspired by a god named Thor. So maybe he wants to be bigger. Um, but <laughs> I, I I loved the use of Groot and how like ready to kick ass he was, especially on the high evolutionary ship. Yes, that was a great moment where he's like, yeah, let's kill everybody. Yep. Um, I also loved the image of Groot at the at the in the post credit scene where I'm like, that's a, that's what I want to see more of. It's just like huge tree, white Groot from like the Tales to Astonish or whatever his <laughs> first appearance was. Um, also, you know, of course, and I think everyone's talked about it, but let's talk, let's mention it here. The fact that like Groot's last words in this movie yeah. are us being welcomed into the family well, and being able to hear him. Yeah. And like, cause Gunn goes out of his way in this to make sure that we were reminded of that. By like, having Gamora, Gamora not be able to understand him and like playing it up for laughs. Yeah. But like, but also it's story. It, it's story where it's, she's just like, you're just making stuff up. Right. Right. You know, and then at the end, she, she understands understand it, and him. then we understand him. Yes. Like, we're the last member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or yeah. Something. It's, it, that was such a smart and subtle moment mm-hmm. in a series of those in this movie where people wear huge fat suits and bounce around in the living corpse. <laughs> <of the blood. laughs> but that, that's a hallmark of, John, uh, of Gunn's storytelling, yeah. I feel like, especially with this series. And, like, I don't expect this from his next movie. No. That's fit for this. Yeah. But that he, like, he disarms us. Right. Yeah. He disarms you with, you know... A, a distinct visual style mm-hmm. with humorous moments with things that are like visuals that are, are beyond what you could imagine because you are in space you never know what's coming next but then also at the core of it are these human emotions that we can all relate to exactly and and so like you're like ha, ha, ha oh my gosh right yeah <laughs> but it's not used the way that marvel kind of like learned it you know marvel took that disarming humor in a sensitive emotional moment as a formula that they can use to keep audiences coming back because they never have to feel anything Mm -hmm. as opposed to these movies, which are all about feelings and very like, you know, very in your face about like, you need to face how you feel about X, Y, Z. And hopefully I'll make you face that in the theme of this movie. Um, The villains, uh, you know, you know, high evolutionary was, one of the best Marvel movie, movie villains they've ever had. Unbelievable because they chose. Because he's such a crappy villain. He's, well, I meant like he's unbelievable because they definitely went a different way with him where they're like, there is nothing about him. That's that, original. Or... That you're going to feel bad for. Right. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. Like, no, you're just you're just a bad guy. Right. You're a bad guy who believes you're right. Yeah. Because you have a huge ego. Right. But it's not like that kind of villain who like thinks he's the hero of his own story. No. Like he's, he's just, just like he's just I'm better shithead. than you. Right. Exactly. I'm better than you in every way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like that. It was very refreshing. Yes. Because it just makes it it's so easy to hate him. Right. Um, and it's okay. The movie gives you license to hate him. Yeah, and it, and it's not just because of the situation. The acting. Yeah, no, his acting was phenomenal, and of course oh, we loved him in Peacemaker. Crap. But like he's yeah, he but was like, great. Transformed. Trans- yeah, he's not the same character. Not even in any remotely. Way. Like talk uh, about range. Yes, and and he plays it in a way that reminded me. It's funny. Somebody was uh, comparing Spider Man in the movies. You know, Toby, Andrew, mm-hmm. Tom, and uh, both Toby and Tom. You could just add quips to his performances mm-hmm. because there's nothing about their physical there's their physical performances in the suit that demonstrate any range or difference. It's either like and Tom allows it to be whatever they want because like his suit is completely overlaid with CG so they can make him do whatever they want. Right. With 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 Toby he was like I don't know. I have a bad back, so I'm not going to do a lot of flips and crunch. <laughs> but you watch the like movement of Andrew Garfield in that suit. He really like 
you can see it's him in there. Yeah. And he really like he he feels those moments. It's especially vivid in Amazing Spider-Man 2 when he's dealing with Gwen and they have that beautiful chemistry between the two characters. But one's wearing a full ass bodysuit. You can't see anything. And she's like, I'm going to go into this room against these villains. Yeah. And his physicality is just all on this on display. That is exactly what I was thinking of in High Evolutionary, where like most of the villains, Ronan the Accuser, uh, you know, Obadiah Stane, uh, even Thanos to some degree. It's just kind of like, I'm the bad guy. Ultron, Ultron's a lot of, lot of, a lot of stiffness. Yeah. Not, you know, despite the fact that he's a robot, but like Ultron, Thanos, uh, every Thor villain has always just been like standing there. Yeah. You know, this High Evolutionary, he he crouches down and looks yeah. like at his foes in the face. Like yeah. he, he's, he's, he's very like movement based. And I think that that is, that is a tip of the hat to both the actor and the director yeah. and watching a, 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 tr- a genuine trust in the director and in the actor where like, he, you know, th- this actor is unafraid to be viewed as evil or silly yeah he's it, just like i'm I, I trust that you want this from me yeah and and the and the director knows what to get out of him yeah he really he did <laughs> that that to make a joke out of it but he explored the space he did he explored every space he was and in he, he did but he, he does so in a way that like he's he's imposing on the sequence without being like thanos huge or whatever right, you know exactly what I mean? like, and thanos you know his physicality is actually it, it's indicative of his character mm-hmm. right thanos is like i don't have to he's very much like vader and it's like if you see Vader running, you've 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 messed up doing Vader on screen. Yeah. Vader doesn't run. No. He's... The stormtroopers run. Yeah. He follows. Or uh, he walks quickly. Or he walks quickly, but like he power walks. But like Thanos doesn't run. You know, he doesn't like crouch unless he's being con- uh, condescending. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's just like I don't have to run. I'm better than you. Yeah. You know, high evolutionary is just all over the, the the screen and i love that also because it means that they had to have sets in order for him to play in mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were like oh you gotta fit in this box otherwise you get off the screen um the 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 effects of this movie again it's one of those things where it's like they were not the greatest effects i've ever seen in a movie they were exactly what they needed to be in this movie yeah. they were so competently demonstrated i was just like bravo i wasn't immediately torn out of a sequence because no. of how horrible it looked right you know right. what like and i hate to i don't want to do apples to apples but like quantumania looks like effing garbage compared yeah. to this movie because of just like the and really you know what it is it's not even the cg i bet it's the exact same you know but it's the same studios working on them yeah it's just the story it's just I couldn't give a fuck about no, what's going on in Ant Man three at yeah. any given moment or any or what it's what's happening to anyone in those movies. Right. And this one, it's like, but also the creativity involved in those sets. It it does help there. Um, I just want to circle back. Please to, do. Yeah. Um, to high evolutionary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's give him more time. Yeah. What I what, <laughs> yeah I'd like to explore the space a little myself exactly. here. Um. No, I really appreciated that. You, you know what like with some of the villains that we've seen not that they're not great and then and i oh i know what you're gonna say yeah do you i think so oh okay i don't i don't know well you go ahead and um, let's see if i'm right but like um you know with with thanos you know like oh he's always like six steps ahead of everybody at all right. times he's like you know playing chess blah, mm-hmm. blah 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 like it's it's he's driven by this yeah you know other villains the same thing it's like they're driven by this whatever right high literature he's driven by something mm-hmm but like he's all consumed by it. Yes. And I don't believe at any point in time that I thought to myself, I'm like, wait, is is how many is he a step ahead of them? Right. I don't really know. Is he just acting on raw emotion? Yeah. Because he's like having a hissy fit. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate it because he really brought that across. Because he comes across initially as like the like, I'm really smart, but we quickly see that break down. Yes. When Rocket is able to figure something out. Totally. And from there on out, I'm like, 
oh my god no you're you're just a guy yeah who is smart right got a bunch of power mm -hmm. and now you just want what you want exactly and i, no, and yeah. I really like that i like that characterization for him mm -hmm. you know like he kills most of his staff yes yes just out of pure frustration because he's just like well they try to take over yeah, and exactly like, and he's I, like no he's like I, I buy that they're like okay mutiny mm -hmm. the captain has been yeah is, is, threatened. is, is un, un, unable to make decisions for us any longer so we're going to take control and he's like no yeah regardless of if you're correct right i would rather burn it all down yeah i'd rather burn it all down and not get the what i want the way i want exactly it. and i I, that is such a real human being kind of thing to do. A hundred percent. I thought you were going to say that. But, like, and I like that he's called the high evolutionary. Like, so you're thinking to yourself, like, he should be beyond all of this. Right. And he's just he's, so he's not. He's not. No, his ego may be. You but know, like, all he wants is to create these things that are the next level. Right. But like, and even then. He does. Yeah. He, like, he, right, he one, does. Yeah. And he's like, and it got away from me. So you're like, oh, he wants it in order to make more. And he's like, no, <laughs> I just, I need what you have. Right, exactly. You're smarter than me. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. Like I'm acting over here like, oh yeah, I want to make the perfect society, blah, blah, blah. No. Clearly he doesn't. I just want to make a bunch of things underneath me to make me feel better. Exactly. And I, and I just like, it's carried all the way through the yeah. theming. Mm-hmm. F. <laughs> no, agreed. I thought you were going to say that his, uh, like it, most of the villains we get, like, I want to own the company. I want to eradicate half of the galaxy. Right. I want to destroy Xandar. Yeah. You know, I, I want to kill Asgard. It, 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 this is, I need, a, I need a raccoon. I need a raccoon. I need a raccoon because I'm such a piece of shit. Like, it's just like, it, it's so refreshing. Yeah. You know, and I would love to see that carried over to Dr. Doom, please. Uh, <laughs> just the idea of this guy being like, why am I the monarch of this place? Because, because. There was this dude at college who was smarter than me. Yeah, ego me and mad. narcissism <laughs> needs to carry him along. Yeah, please. Like, you know, I'm almost, I'm almost sad that he's wasted on the high evolutionary. I'm like, oh, I guess you could have been Doom, and that would have been great. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. don't screw up Doom, please. And that gets to the elephant in the room a little bit for me, which I'll just, I'll just, you know, if, it, if if it's going anywhere, we'll see. But otherwise, I'm just gonna like touch it, touch upon it now. Sure. Which is that like this is the best Marvel movie made since Spider Man. Uh, oh, I thought I thought we were going with a different elephant. Okay, but um, that it's not a Marvel movie. It's a James Gunn movie, and um, it is in no way indicative of the like quantity no. over or quality over quantity issue. But, like I I think that it's okay to look at this and like because I know there's a lot of like this or that. You know, yeah. like, I like this, so I can't like that. Or, you know, like, I'm a fan of this, so therefore I have to hate that. Right. Sort of mentality, you know, like, I'm on one side of comic books or I'm on the other side, you know? Like, yeah, I, I, can't, is... I can't just enjoy the stories as <laughs> they come out. And as much as I do want, like, it felt nice when we were in strong phases for Marvel. Yes. But I also accept the fact that maybe we were coming out of it on the other side, and that's okay. Oh, yeah, no, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And but, I, but, but I want them to be good. No, I do want them to be good, but I'm also okay with maybe just taking them story by story. That'd be and, fine. And this being less in like entrenched in being part of a phase or a kickoff for a phase. Yes. And instead being entrenched in being the third of its own series right. and being a strong finish and a strong connection to those other two movies. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I know. That's how I want to think about it. Well, because the, the, the thing that is so phenomenal about the MCU overall is mm -hmm. that 
it is an umbrella of franchises. Like Captain America is a film trilogy. Uh, Thor is a film quadrilogy. Yeah. You know, like Ant-Man is a trilogy. Like these are all franchises in their own right. Right. And but yet like Ant-Man failed to be an Ant-Man third, like a third Ant-Man yeah. movie. Ant-Man and the Wasp is a sequel to Ant-Man. Like it it's is, a real Ant-Man movie. It, is, it doesn't feel quite the same. Like none of them have felt this sort of like. Captain America threat. closest to, but Close, even, but even yeah. Captain America Civil War is just, it's just Avengers two and a half. And it's hard to do that too, because the first Captain America was so drastically different. It's a totally different time. It's just made by the Rocketeer, and it's just like, oh, it's so different. But like, it's, so so are, so too are they all. Like Iron Man is different from Thor, is different from Cap, which is great because like that's what they should be. They should all feel tonally different, but still work. That's what's gonna. That's what will. And I don't mean that James Gunn's gonna do this. I just mean it will. Yeah. If if it works at all, carry the DC cinematic universe. Is that you are like. Oh, we're making a Batman movie. Well, obviously, the guy who makes the Batman movie or lady who makes the Batman movie will be so tonally different in aesthetic and look and feel and cinematography from a Superman movie. And yet they will still exist in their own universe, but we're watching Batman's story. Right. You know? Or I mean, but, like, I guess if you, you could do that other way. You could pick the director first. You could be like, I have, the, this is the story we want to do. Yeah. Let's find the person that Absolutely. can make that happen. Totally, totally. Um, I thought the elephant in the room you were going to talk about, though, was Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock is one of those things where, like, James Gunn has talked about, and I, I just, I, and I only say that because I remember him complaining about it, like, that he really, really wanted Adam Warlock to be in these movies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. And all I could think about at some point or another in this movie was, wow, if you did, why didn't you use him? And then it's like, but, and there's been a lot of discourse online, especially from like Rob from Comics Explained and so forth, where sure. it's like, this is what Adam Warlock was when he was first invented. Like he wasn't always the Jim Starlin stoic ruler of the infinity uh, of the soul gem. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he wasn't always space Jesus. He became that later. Um, and that's, uh, and it seems like that was where that actor was going in the post credit scene where it's like, oh, now he's a little bit more like yeah. calm. That would be Will Poulter, uh, a little bit more calm. And he's like, okay, like he's, well, he's a child. Uh, he's a child. I'm okay. <laughs> I was okay with him because I did a, I didn't want, I, I don't give a, f a flying F about Adam Warlock. Yeah. Number two, if I'm going to get Adam Warlock, I mean, I would I would prefer him fight Thanos and be in a Jim Starlin-esque like head drama about yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're going to do Adam Warlock in this, he better be totally consistent with what this movie and this story and these characters are trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And he does. Yeah. And since no one else is truly who they are in the comics, it would make sense that they would. They would, all, all, I, I, they would deviate. Yeah. But even exactly. then, they still used elements from the comics to explain who this character is and what he's all about. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I, I didn't at no point was i like this sucks at right no point was i like no. he's the jar jar banks the no. guardians franchise no i was only thinking of people who were fans of it probably i can imagine people being disappointed if they were expecting like soul world adam warlock right right they, um, they also it's funny to me it's just like vision and adam and it's like vision never had an infinity gem in his head but adam does but both of them have gems in their heads and neither of them have the right one and it's like <laughs> man like you know it would have been cool and, and i would have been very okay yeah if it was the soul gem if they were like where'd you get that right right you know and that would be like a story for another time but like I think they'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And I was disappointed that it's just like, who cares? And yeah. they were like, they went, no, it's not about that. And I'm like, I listen, I'm glad it wasn't about that. Even there. It's kind of amazing. Like you got, you, you like, right. Come on guys. Pip the troll, Adam Warlock and Gamora like, are alive and they are here. And if they kill off Drax and get another actor, you'll get like the real Drax, the destroyer. And 
listen, you'll get an Infinity Watch movie one day. Which well, let's talk about what you just said there, kill off Drax, because that was what I mentioned earlier was that I was initially sort of meta watching this, knowing that Dave Bautista had was kind of done with this universe. Yes, and it's like um, if you got to kill somebody off, right? That some of these actors maybe didn't want to pursue this. A lot of them were were friendly with Gunn, and maybe they want to switch pawns and go over to the DC side of it. Mm-hmm. So let's be honest, I was watching this a lot of times, going, like, "Oh my God, this is when he's going to die." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because clearly they're going to want to get rid of these characters, right? Which I adore that, yes that didn't happen no i absolutely adore that and that i adore great. the fact that like you get this sort of security blanket because they've got those like part of like what happens with rocket rocket is injured they put that med belt on him yep which iron man could have used <laughs> for sure <laughs> um but you know seemingly that they you know it's it's it space magic yeah, space magic technology, technology right yeah. so like those are there at all turns we yeah. see them used quite a bit throughout in this, this movie. movie in this movie so like maybe they invented them after endgame right but here's what i uh, i'm not even talking about in the past i know um but i'm thinking that for them what it does is it reminds you that just watch the movie because <laughs> i'm like honestly at any point in time gun could pull the rug out from underneath us with one of these things you're exactly. not near it you're you know the injuries beyond right well drags gets blown like it looks like he gets a hole blown in his chest know, and you're like oh my god he's gonna die and then you're like the destroyer exactly and i'm like right you know you're, you're you get different physiology mm-hmm. and also the, we have these things have these med things but i really appreciated that because like i'm still over here thinking like they're gonna die and guns like no right no one's going to die except because maybe rocket the only one you're supposed to care about is rocket right stop like, worrying about the rest that. of them and yeah. if i choose to pull that rug out from underneath you i want it to be like it comes out like it, it hits you in the face exactly like if if we're relying on this magic tech stuff mm-hmm. to, to save everyone and then we're in a situation where that doesn't work you're gonna feel it yes you're gonna be like oh they'll just use the thing exactly oh wait they can't right the only thing that was a problem is that Peter Quill does not have his face mask because it's been a plot point in two movies now, and it's weird uh, that he James didn't... Gunn already addressed that on Did Twitter. They? Okay, I didn't see that. Uh, excuse me. Please, he please says, address it. Because He says, according to him, he's like, Quill had to get the hell out of nowhere real fast. He left mm-hmm. it in a drawer. He left it in a drawer. Oh, I see. So he didn't think of it. <laughs> okay. Because then the thing is, like, and I, normally I wouldn't be splitting hairs, but it was literally a plot point that no, he uses he, it in two different he movies. He tweeted about that. He's just like, clearly he had to leave in a hurry. He wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. He yeah. Wasn't on the ship. Fine. I do buy that, though. If you're, if but you're it's not, like nanotech. He keeps it in his ear. He just taps it, and he doesn't have to do well, that anymore. He, don't forget, he's been like he was in a bad way. Right, that's true. But it does, it, it does give you a moment where maybe you're thinking, "Oh my it, god, are they going to kill off Quill at this maybe movie?" He gave it to Kevin Bacon. Right, maybe he gave it to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> maybe he gave it to Gamora or something. But like, you, but you know, you're like, "Oh my god, I think maybe they're going to kill off Quill in this movie." Yeah, because I he's reached his, his 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 arc. You could kill all of them because they've all reached the end of their story. That's what I. Uh, that's what was really making me nervous. Is they were really wrapping things up and not in a way that was rushed. No, no, you're just like, oh we're no, like, we're, like, oh, we're no. still have twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, too many characters are, are still alive. Yeah, and and are, happy, <laughs> and are like having self realization. Yes, they're all coming to to cathartic conclusions. You know, like themselves. Drax, you know, is called an idiot, and that's taken away from him, and then then he proves himself to them without knowing that he needs to. Right. I kind of appreciate it. That's nice. I, I like yeah. that. Um, and I'm like, oh my God, now he's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Now we'll kill him. And they're like, no. No. Yeah. And I, I thought, I honestly, there was a minute I was like, what if they get rid of Nebula? Right. They could. I I, I didn't really have any concern about Nebula's death, uh, but certainly, I was like, maybe they'll kill Mantis for laughs when they go into the room with, was, the, with the monsters. There was one moment when, um, when she was tied to the ship. I'm like, she would yeah like she'd like she would like give a message like of like you know thanks for like letting me actually have a family exactly like this is fine yeah oh I'm and like, uh cosmo's great too yeah there i actually thought cosmo was gonna die too yeah me too 
I was like, no. Yeah, when she's uh, trying to keep got... the, te- the telekinetic connection. Yeah, because Craglin redeemed her too by calling her a good dog. I'm yes. like, oh no. No, no, they're going to kill the dog. <laughs> Does that the dog been, die? That would have been really horribly uh, sad. Um, Craglin gets an arc too, but like, who cares? Craglin gets an arc. Um, additionally, we don't only have Cosmo as an animal presence, but we have um, Lila, Teeth. And Floor. And Floor. Yep. And um, yeah, all of that was horrible. So they can make a Wii 3 movie now. Please don't. That was... That was rough. All that was that was so all of that was rough. Was very rough. Yeah, but uh, like you know, but it like, didn't feel exploitative. It was just no, like, no, just it well was, made. It wasn't exploitative because I completely bought yes. that this guy would do all of these things. Yeah, and all of it was very accidental, and it just further gives you an understanding of Rocket's character exactly and High Evolutionary's character. Totally, you know, totally. like just ugh. yeah, no. Uh, really quick, let's just submit a, a couple of super chats because people had uh, things to say sure. about. This I also movie. saw someone mention they were like, "I would be really if I were Nebula, I would be weird around being like Mantis's friend." Well, she doesn't have to worry about that because Mantis left at the end. Exactly, and I I, I believe that part of the reason that she did that is she's like, "I don't want to have to keep doing that." Right. <laughs> like I don't know who I am as a person. All I, I'm a people but I'm not... and I don't want to hurt people. And I did end up hurting him, and so yes. I took it away because I just like I have been bred and like been existing to make others happy i yes, need to leave that's true and so like if you're upset about that think of it as mantis probably recognizes it as well and is going off yeah to like find herself right maybe uh she'll find swordsman and uh because he was introduced oh, in the hawkeye before, show before i forget yeah before i forget can i just say how excited i was that that little girl at the end's name <gasps> was phyla oh my god i was like they're doing my thing yeah they're doing <laughs> it not i don't care they gotta find care. moon dragon later i don't care if she never becomes quasar i'm like you're quasar in my heart yeah she's quasar she had something on her wrists i don't know if it was i don't know rounds, i was i was i don't i, I like her i like her music picks she was like uh, britney spears and corn like, <laughs> i don't know who this kid is but, but she's fun yep um Adam Thenhouse says, uh, Rocket crying over Groot in the first one hits a lot harder after watching Volume 3. I'm sad that yes. some of these folks are done with their characters for a while. Keep them lights on. That's true. I had Apropos. the same thought. Yeah. yeah. Especially when Groot was sitting by his bed. Like, like he's on the ship protecting mm-hmm, him, and mm-hmm. he's just he's just sitting by him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, their connection is really strong. You kind of forget about it sometimes, especially mm-hmm. when he was younger. Yeah. But, you know, watching rocket lose everything yeah and then yeah yeah that twig oh that's yep. gonna hit harder now this, oh yeah this is weird because this is like a trilogy that'll actually make the other movies mean more yep kind of like fantastic all do it yeah like you'll notice that uh in when uh when ego is sending all those blobs and all the different planets and one of them's earth uh the car that like almost gets eaten is grandpa's car oh. grandpa quill's in there with the uh african-american girl who was in this movie as well oh yeah uh robert ahern says uh, hopefully volume three is reminding a lot of people what the mcu can be at its best and they might be less accepting of weaker efforts going forward also probably the best comic book movie trilogy probably which is kind of fun to say uh but yeah i agree with that i i I hope it's a it it holds their feet to the fire because they're gonna be like marvel's gonna be in a weird position right now they got a great breath another reprieve Mm -hmm. to 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 reassess like the like COVID itself where they got the writer's strike they can go like okay let's reassess well how many times do we rewrite blade and you know right now people are feeling good about something you just made yeah and regardless of the fact that the guy who made it is leaving and that's big no they should think about that where it's like he's gone we better we better get we've got to up our quality But they should also recognize that it's like this is not a fallout of people are done with superhero movies they're just done with not good movies yeah 
Yeah. Marvel's is really going to be the big test for Marvel of, as to whether they can do it on their own. Uh, George McKay, uh, Sal, if uh, you were Nathan Fillion in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, who from Compop would be your I got one of those guys? <laughs> Nobody. I'm the I'm one of those guys. I'm the I'm one of those guys, guys. Uh, Nikki T, uh, how heartbreaking was it that uh, Baby Rocket's first words were hurt as he was shaking in his cage? Oh. Uh, it was the ver- very, let's just put it that way. Uh, ver- very. Uh, Moon Knight 32, my kids and I saw Guardians 3 and all cried over Rocket. The yep. next day, we found two baby raccoons <gasps> in our yard with no mother. They aren't as wise cracking, but we are enjoying being their surrogate father until we can home them. Oh, oh. That's great, man. Wow. That's so great. I Congratulations that. on that. Yeah. If ever you were going to have to do that, it would be great to do it after Guardians 3. We're like, yeah. oh, we have to do this. We have to protect these animals. Yes. Uh, Nikki T returns to say, saw an interview with Ch- uh, Chuck who says, where he talks his performance, he says his approach was he believes everything he says and he runs with it. Yes, and it comes across through and through. That's what I'm saying. Like, dude has got some range. Ah, big time. Uh, Drew Pittman, I love this movie and it makes me more invested in James Gunn's Superman. I hope it does. I hope it, like, you know, a lot of folk are really down on Superman because they're like, uh, you know, does James Gunn have the chops to be able to make that kind of movie work? And also, like, maybe I'm tired of... Or may- maybe I love Man of Steel. And it's like, maybe this movie making you cry will make you want to enjoy a Superman right. movie. Or maybe what it, like, uh, hopefully what it is is it instills in people that James Gunn knows how to make a movie that fits the, the property he's working absolutely. with. Absolutely. Uh, Ray Farr, spoilers. I know they're animals, but I'm already being emotionally manipulated. But Teeth's Lila, and Floor were perfectly tragic characters. Yeah. I cried. Yeah, big time. Yeah. That no, was super sad. No, it, you know, like each of these characters... Each of these characters had to lose their family to find this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great observation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, Raj Patel <laughs> cried three moment. times during the movie. I can't think of a better way this movie could have been done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Farr. Also, holy crap, the High Evolutionary was a fantastic villain. Easily my favorite in recent cape flicks, except for Dob- uh, Defoe's Gobby, obviously. Yeah, Defoe got another shot. Yeah. Like Zoe Saldana, he got another chance. Yep, playing a ma- different. Ma- much better. Yeah. Uh, Shockvox. Uh, sure, it's been mentioned, but I love how the movie managed to do what it did without killing any of the Guardians. Yes. We're so used to asking who's going to die. Yes. Like, it's the only way to show stakes. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it actually showed, like, strength, but to be like, no, why why should they die? They won't be able to enjoy the fruits of their efforts. Like it'll be really hard for them mm-hmm. if it's you know to learn from this experience if they die from it. Uh Ray Farr, the Guardians trilogy and the Daredevil series are my favorite things out of the MCU, and it's because the people who are making it uh care. Yeah. yeah. Caring helps. Yeah, giving a crap about the source material or at least about the material you're working with is 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 really important to We that. didn't mention it, but how like satisfying was it when he said Rocket Raccoon? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's so great because like the whole through the whole trinity through, through all of them he's like i'm not a raccoon and it's like it's faced with obvious you know truth that he mm-hmm. is a raccoon even to the point of living on earth for five years and clearly knowing what a raccoon is yeah but it isn't until after he accepts who he is and he moves on with his life that he's like this is who i am and uh having him like embrace the name and actually go by that that moniker was great yeah also if you look at the miniseries for uh, rocket raccoon you'll see that teeth's and floor are in that uh, they're on the cover or something. It's Aww. fun. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, final thoughts on Guardians Three. I think it was the strongest I mean, showing from Marvel in a long time. But yeah, also, and, and I could literally, I could go on talking about this one. I, yeah. this one has been living in my brain mm-hmm. since we saw it. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been I've been thinking about this movie. Um, it, it didn't didn't hurt that one of my favorite artists had a song in it at right. That's at the right. End. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, you know, Florence and the Machine showing strong. Apparently, that hit her hard. 
Mm. Like she cried. She cried throughout a lot of the movie, but that like hit her hard because like she likes superhero movies. Oh, cool. So to have her song be at the end when like you know the movie at the is about, cathartic yeah because like you know this movie you could almost see this part way through as like a you know like where sequels tend to be like they end on like a downer yeah and like that's kind of where this movie was going for a while um but there it's a real joy like there there is a lot of joy and there's a lot of happiness even if at the end of the day the family breaks up and i wish it hadn't but you know i i think what it it what this movie's message is not only about family, but about the strength of a found family yep. and that, you know, a fan fa- found family can always change. And yes. just because you say goodbye to someone doesn't mean that they're gone forever. That's you true. know, like doesn't mean that Quill can't come back, but that Rocket has others in his life as well now. And, and like he can continue to grow his yeah. family without fear. Yeah. That was the other thing. Uh, the the ending where uh, the post credit sequence where they say this, the, the legendary Star Lord will return. Yeah. I was like. Okay, um, I was hoping, like, I feel like he doesn't need to because we got his conclusion. I was more excited to see, like, I guess that, you know, them then kind of confirming that the Guardians will return, like right. Rocket's Guardians. But um, I'm sure they will. I think they they were just saying that, like, don't Chris Pratt's not done. Yeah, Chris Pratt's not leaving. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. And uh, but I also had that moment where, I, where they did the same thing in Thor 4, where they said, like, Thor will return. And Chris Hemsworth did not have conversations with them. So he just saw that when he saw the screening and he's like, he is. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, we put that in there. Just, you know, but like, I guess we'll have to work that out. He's like, yeah. well, my contract is a lot more, uh, you know, negotiation power since I'm it says I'm coming back. Well, yeah. am I? Because you better pay through the ass. Right. That last right. experience was really rough. Well, I, I of course, I would love to see another one with all of them. I would love to see. Um, but I don't want them. To, I, I don't. I'm good. I'd like to have them check in. I, I would like Mantis to come back. I like her dynamic. Well, I want to see those characters, but I don't want to see them all come back together. I don't want to see the Guardians in that I form again. Get the band back together. That's what you call it. I don't think so. Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 4 get the band back together. They better get a damn good director to do it, yeah, but I, no, I think I, that I, I agree. I don't want to see that. No, I, I definitely uh, agree with that. Because then it'll just make it sad. Yeah, you, then you, they you will need kill that characters. strength for sure. Um, but yeah, no, the ending of this was great. I, I actually even, the for some reason, the uh drax nebula moment really hit me like pretty hard for some reason yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that really stuck with me mm-hmm. and i think it's just because those characters don't necessarily strike me as having a lot of interaction or a no. lot of strong interaction um you know she doesn't really seem to have a lot of um respect for him yes and he doesn't care like he's just like yeah you're, you're here you're like my friend whatever right. <laughs> um so but for her to recognize who he is right. having missed all of the stuff that came that, that we know them. about Drax about like the, from the first yes, movie. Yes. Um, you know, like for her to see him mm-hmm. in, in like, you know, beyond being the destroyer. Yes. Like that, it was, I don't know, that was really, it was just the end of it made me feel better than I thought it would, even though nothing would ever be the same. Right. Like it, it's the kind of change that makes you excited instead of just sad. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. That was that was neat. That was neat. Erwin uh, Rosales says, uh, "Love the movie so much." Did anyone feel that James Gunn was t- testing some Swamp Thing movies or vibes when Groot grows wings? Not really. I didn't think about anything DC related. Oh, also, you know, there was an F bomb in this. There was a, a, a conversation yeah. about that yep. uh, on the internet where they were like, you know, you can take Does this it change your- everything. Well, no, I was gonna say you like there was a, like a quote that had come out that Feige had a chat with james gunn James about said, it like you, you don't want to be the first person to drop an f-bomb in the mcu and like you're reading text so right it's really hard so you don't to get tell. the so, like, inflection i like to think it was like come, on. come on you don't want to do that all right fine and it, it's it's fine i love it i actually yeah. really i thought it was well placed it was it's, yeah it's, it's it's inconsequential but it is 100 percent 
a human thing to do. Yep. I use that word like that all the time. Same. And I remember that car. Like I, I know that door. <laughs> it is an annoying door and it's hard to explain. And it's really funny. And it's just, I love like, that it's a car that he would remember because it's before it's the eighties. Like, right. But he can't really drive it. But I, you know, he's in an emotional state of, of, uh, distress yes he, time is a factor mm -hmm. and that door thing is a thing that we can all relate to yes so i i appreciated that too someone mentioned like i don't know if you saw this i'm mm -hmm. sure you did maybe you showed it to me that the tiktok of um karen gillen holding oh the body the body yes i've heard so much about the body like, but like do you see do you see the video of her like being like ah, like oh no I, <laughs> I did not see that. It. it's like 35 pounds right that's awesome like he's seen it too they're like whoa they're like yeah, I got to tell you this. I don't know if this is just like, you know, Chris Pratt doing his like, I'm in Hollywood thing. But they're like, yeah, Chris, remember we did that scan? And he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, man, how are you? I remember you. I remember you. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, I don't that's know. nice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, the body, the body stories are hilarious. The interactions between each other, uh, yeah. Cuckleberry Finn and so forth. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So. It was it was good. It was a positive experience. It's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, legitimately, like it it is it is sad and it is heartbreaking. It's going to you know take everything you know about these characters and not not like contest it or anything. But it's going to be like, listen, this is this is where they are at, and this is kind of the end of their stories. It could be forever. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you feel okay with it. Exactly. You know, it, it is it is it is like simultaneously super stressful and not. Yeah. So yeah. I recommend big time. Blue Baba says uh, that post credit scene with Quill was so funny because I've had the exact conversations like that about people. <laughs> I liked it because it was so not anything. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, the post credit scenes don't really set anything up. I no. appreciated it. They're just what post credits should be. Exactly. Fun. Yep. Uh, let's recommend some comics are coming out this week that we think you should check out. Let us uh, do that. Daredevil 11 comes out. Check that out, obviously. Uh, and I'm going to read at least the first issue of Green Lantern number one from the dawn of DC, uh, just because it's a, it's a number one, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll see what that, what happens there. Uh, the sixth issue of Danger Street is coming out. This is the one with that amazing uh, Fruit Loops cover with Darkseid. Oh. Um, I'm obviously going to pick that up. Uh, it's I, I'm I'm not high on this book but i also stopped reading it after issue three so we'll see what happens because i know this is a good book i'm just like mm -hmm. i need to read it all at once i think rather than uh rather than one once every month because I, I just don't think it's i don't think it's leading to that mm -hmm. uh but yeah um saga number 64 is coming out so you know yeah maybe i'll pick that up uh wolverine <laughs> number 33 will be arriving so if you're looking for more beasts going at or wolverine going after beasts that's the book for you x-men red returns um so i'm sure they'll be dealing a little bit at the very least with some of the sins of sinister fallout especially with storm's involvement um with krakoa and Araco. so you know we'll check that out uh ghost rider number 14 this is the probably the end of the catch arc. We'll see. It hasn't even started. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rogue and Gambit number three is coming out as well. It's a series I'm like a little lukewarm on, but you know I can't help myself. I'm going to mm -hmm. pick that up. Um, talking about really great covers. For some reason, I love this. Like, first of all, I love Phantom Road. I it is a high recommend for me. It is a uh, Jeff Lemire book. Really digging the first two issues of this, and I I don't know why this this cover. I love it. Mm -hmm. I freaking love this. I would like this in <laughs> physical. Okay. Um, but yeah, really loving this book so far. It really satisfies my horror itch. And uh, I don't know what else I might be recommending. Was Am I missing? I feel like whenever I'm just like, uh, I'm missing something super important that I'm like, oh, yeah. 
But I know, that's fine. Right? I'll end up reading it anyway. Exactly. It's just I won't tell you that I'm going to be reading it, and it'll mm-hmm. be a big old surprise. Why not? And who doesn't want a big old surprise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh. oh, that would have been part of the DC um, offerings. I didn't get a chance to pick that up or mm-hmm. look at it. I don't know if we have it. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna end there. Okay, well, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Especially thanks to our uh, super chatters who uh, sponsored today's show and kept the lights on. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Before you go, uh, I know that there are quite a few of you out there. Um, maybe you don't know, but we're going to be in physical like these books that are coming out uh, <laughs> tomorrow and Wednesday uh, at the Joe Kubert School uh, in two weeks. I think it's uh, May twentieth. That is a Saturday in dover new jersey you should uh, definitely if you haven't already um come by and uh, and say hello the admission is free and uh oh yeah uh admission is free and uh, we're going to be you know hanging out with you uh doing stuff it's gonna be it's gonna be a rip roaring grand old time so uh come on by we're gonna be doing like a live show and stuff like that Yes, uh, we're gonna be like doing a doing and, a say. And Ben says there's gonna be food. Yeah, I don't Ben's know. It's like hell bent on this food thing, so there may or may not be food, but we'll definitely have some sort of water bottles. That's true. But what I ask you to do, if you are gonna go, is uh, click the link in the in the chat right now or in the comments down below if you're watching this after the fact. And uh, if you are gonna go, click the link and let us know so that we can get a head count. And we have enough chairs. Um, but yeah, uh, it should be fun. Saturday, 1 p.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's not going to be streamed. I don't know if we're going to record anything. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, come by. Yeah. Absolutely. Last time was a really fun time. And uh, I, I, you know, I promise at least as fun a time as last time. I, I can't promise more. No, I don't know if we can promise that. Probably not. But the fun will be had. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, go see Guardians. And go see, go see Guardians vol- Volume 3. Yeah, definitely. In theaters now. <laughs> all right so <laughs> long everybody sponsored. thanks a lot for hanging out with us i'm sal and i'm tiffany Bye-bye. bye bye